Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Well, welcome. This is another in our series of First Friday sessions. And this time you get the pleasure of listening to me talking about why we should delegate to ourselves last and what six steps might look like in order to do that successfully. Here you go. We want to talk about uh, delegation today, but we wrap it up because we like to think of it as the transfer of ownership. And I'll get back to that in a little bit. But delegation is one of those key things that leaders need to be thinking about as they uh, expand in their career. And one of the biggest transitions that we help leaders work with is when they get that promotion to a leadership role, one of the first challenges is how do I let go of all the things that I used to do and are actually the things that I was really good at that have made me successful. But I have to start letting go of them and being comfortable with letting go of them. And I loved some of the chat that uh, was talking about how do I make sure I'm comfortable and they're comfortable. And so one of the things I'm going to share today is some six easy steps that we've found really help that. But a couple of things before we get to that. Uh, I, I always start with uh, my cup here, which is usually sat by my side. If those that uh, have been involved in coaching one-on-ones may have seen this cup sat by my side before. Um, I'm going to use this a couple of times, but most people see work as I'm going to fill my cup. And then when things start to overflow over the top of it, I'll start handing that stuff off to everybody else. And what I want you to think about is, uh, let me think about uh, delegating to myself last as opposed to first. And if I switch my orientation, what I'm going to do is to give everything to everybody else. And if there's nobody to give it to, then what's left is uniquely mine to go in my cup. And that's just a decidedly different way of looking at how I prioritize and then delegate. But I should be doing that which I uniquely can do. And so anything that comes in, the first thing should be to delegate it to somebody. And if there's nobody to delegate it to, then it goes in my cup first. But that's usually a a switch in orientation, this idea of delegating to myself last. So because then that leaves me with what's uniquely mine to do. The second thing I want to look at uh, quickly is monkey management. And uh, again, if you've been around humanity for a while, you may have seen a, a cute little video on monkey management. But way back in, I think it was 1974, uh, Christy will correct me if I got the date wrong. There was a great Harvard business article on who's got the monkey. And the concept of the article is that we're all carrying monkeys on our backs all the time. And when one of our employees walks into our office with their monkey, what they're really trying to do is to leave their monkey with us in our office. And what we really need to do as leaders is make sure that they leave with their monkey, because otherwise that transfer of ownership is going the wrong way. That if they can let go of their monkey and leave it in my office, and then they leave with this sense of relief that the monkey is gone. And then at the end of the day, you've got an office full of everybody else's monkeys that are just doing what monkeys do all over the place, which is not helpful. The idea of the successful transfer of ownership is to make sure that people have their own monkeys and they have clarity about the ownership of that monkey. So that, again, once what I'm left with in my office is what is uniquely mine to do. That's uh, I'm not taking on other people's roles. And it wouldn't surprise me if I could ask for a show of hands of those people who have been guilty at different times of saying, hey, 
I'll pick this up. It's probably just easier if I do it than try and explain it. Uh, I'll take it because I know I can do that. Uh, I'll jump in and don't worry about it. I've got that now. And the transfer of ownership is going the wrong way. And so then what people say is, but if I, if I want to do that right, though, what are the steps that I need so that I can be reassured that it's going to get done, it's going to get done well, that I'm not micromanaging it, but I have visibility to its progress? Uh, what do we need? And, and we break it into three sections of two questions. And the three sections are really about alignment first, and that's ensuring that all the parties have the same picture of success. They have the same timeline, the same roles and expectations. So do we have alignment as to what it is that we're handing over there? The second piece is why we uh, we use delegation in multiple ways, but the second piece is actually the handoff, the delegation side, which transfers ownership of the task, the responsibility to the other person. And then the third piece is the accountability piece, which uh, some of your comments were around, I'm worried that it won't get done the way that I need it to be done. How am I going to check? How am I going to know? And so this is about the process of setting clear expectations, ensuring single point ownership, and then following up to track progress and applying any potential positive or negative consequences, whatever was agreed in the first place. So let me break those three then down into subsets, because if we're talking about alignment, the first step is results. And what's the outcome that we need to be accomplished? Uh, I often refer to the end zone of an American football field, and Mimi's going to critique me for using sports analogies again. Uh, but some of you are going to be impressed that I know what an American football field looks like. Uh, so the end zone is where we're going. That's the result, the outcome that needs to be accomplished. What do we need to achieve? What's a clear picture of that success? Uh, I'm going to be uh, typically English, though, and I'm going to destroy your American football field by dividing the end zone into two, because there's a second element of that alignment that is equally as important. It's what we call the impact. If the results are the what of delegation, then the impact is the why of delegation. And um, we probably all have met those people who can deliver the results, but leave a trail of bodies in their wake uh, because of the way that they did it on, and some of the impact of that. And so we divide this end zone, the alignment into two results and then impact. And impact is considering the ripple effects of those results. What is the impact on key stakeholders? Why does the business need this result? Who are those key stakeholders that are going to be impacted? Because if we have that conversation around the alignment, we're setting ourselves up for success and not having to come back and say, oh, you forgot about Sue. Oh, no, now we have to go back and fix the relationship with Sue. So results, the what of delegation, impact, the why of delegation, and that sets up our alignment. When I get into the, the delegation element, then we talk about step three, which is the boundaries, because really we're talking about what you're going to do. And if I'm doing my best delegation, I'm going to leave you the biggest space to play as possible. And so we've got step three, which is boundaries, and step four, which is best practice or really the workspace that you're going to operate in. And the boundaries are the absolute do's. So these are the things that you will do it this way because I'm declaring that you'll do it this way. I'm putting a boundary in place. This is different from the results, what we're going to achieve, because this could change over time. It could be adjusted, but it's something that lets me see how you operate. So it's not unusual for somebody to set a budget as part of the result that was required. But then a boundary, an absolute do, is if you're going to write a check for more than 100 bucks, just throw it by me first. Not that I'm going to say no, 
just that it helps me understand your thinking and that ensures that we're aligned. And as we grow, as we get to know each other, that boundary might go away. And I say, I trust now your uh, credibility, how your decision-making, your thinking. So I'm opening up that space. The other analogy I, I use here is if you've ever seen six-year-olds playing proper football, uh, they play on a small field. And the reason we put six-year-olds on a small field is so that they can learn to handle the ball. They can learn the game in that tight space. And then once they've learned how to handle the ball, you can make the field slowly larger because you trust they're doing the right thing. If you put six-year-olds on a big field first time, then you'll end up with two people playing and four or five people picking daisies in different corners of the field. So these boundaries are set to say, I want to build trust, but I also want to give you the biggest space in between there to work. Because that workspace or best practice, as I call it, step four, is the delegatee's space to play. I don't care what you do in there. As long as you get the ball from one end to the other, that works for me. If you stay inside of those boundaries, then that's good. And that's your space. You own that space because I'm not telling you what to do. I might give you some best practice that I've experienced, but it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. I'm really framing up as big a space as possible so that you can bring your smarts to it, your intelligence to it, your thinking experience, and do it the best way that works for you to deliver the results and the impact and stay within the boundaries. One of the other things that came up in the chat box was the accountability. How do I make sure that things get done? And so that brings us to our third level, the accountability, which is steps five and six. And step five would be what I call key performance indicators. And this takes us back to the results and the impact and makes us put more precision to it. Because if I bring back my cup and I ask somebody to, to make my cup, and then when I get it back, I put it in the cup holder of my 2019 Corolla and it doesn't fit. And I say, no, that's no good. Then if I didn't make that clear up front that that was how I was going to measure it, that's my fault. I own that. And so the idea of step five, our KPIs or key performance indicators is tell me how you're going to measure this so that then I know how I'm going to be tested against this at the end of the day. So this is for the results and the impact. So if I say, I want a cup that keeps my tea warm for at least six hours so that it's a bit hot to drink and that it fits in the cup holder of a 2019 Corolla, I'll be happy. Then I don't care what color it is. I, and they say, well, do you care what size? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, another KPI would be 20 ounces or more. So we're getting clarity about how I'm going to measure it so that then it drives more space for people to be successful. So it's so that everybody knows exactly how it's going to be gauged, how it's going to be uh, summarized every step of the project. So then that brings me to step six, which is our check-ins. And that's the pre-planned communication with stakeholders. So this is quite often overlooked because we, we wait until it's finished and then we're disappointed. But if we actually set up good times to talk, in between, then that will help us see that we're making progress towards our end result. And uh, we can see the progress we're making, we can see whatever changes we need to make, and we can potentially add resources if we need to, to support progress towards where we need to go. So these KPIs and check-ins, they allow for accountability, they're specific, measurable, uh, so that we don't have multiple interpretations of what success is. They prevent surprises at the end of a project. You've probably all experienced that. Nope, that's not really what I wanted, but I know I didn't say what I really, really wanted. Uh, and they are preset check-ins to allow for discussion, 
without the drama of having to add a meeting or the fear or the wonder of, I wonder what's happening with that. And so quite often when I work with people on delegation, they'll say, I, I passed it on, but now I'm wondering whether they're making progress. And it's because they missed this step. And if you've truly transferred ownership, then part of the check-in should be, hey, let's meet next week. And next week, you'll be bringing your plan as to how you're going to execute and implement. And we'll just take a look at that to make sure you're making progress. It's not about the, the person who's delegating, getting involved in the to-do. It's making sure we're, we're making the right progress towards that end result. So the KPIs and the check-ins create the accountability of delegation. So just to go through those six steps again, we've got the results and the impact, which are alignment for success. We've got the boundaries and the best practices, which are the to-dos, uh, the boundaries are the absolute to-dos, and then the best practices are recommendations. Otherwise, that workspace belongs to the delegatee. And then we've got the accountability piece in the KPIs, key performance indicators, and the check-ins, which give us that catch-all at the back end to make sure we're making progress. And I can bet that if you've had a delegation or transfer of ownership go wrong, it's because at least one of those steps was missing or not done as thoroughly as it could have been in hindsight. Now, as I close out here, I've been talking about the transfer of ownership because uh, delegation goes in every direction that uh, you can pass to your direct reports, uh, work to do, projects, results that you need them to achieve, but you can also transfer ownership laterally. And we often think, oh, we're just gonna pass this over the fence and give it laterally, but we don't think about those six steps, which are important to make sure we're aligned, we're making progress and we've got accountability there too. And even sometimes it can be go up or down from your boss, uh, even to the extent that if your boss is transferring ownership to you, why not ask those same six questions of your boss to make sure that you've set up alignment, delegation and accountability uh, so that you can be successful? Your boss is saying, hey, I need you to take care of this. Well, tell me exactly what results you need me to achieve. Who are the other stakeholders? What's the impact that I need to hit? Are there any absolute to do's that I need to make sure I'm, I'm covering? What are the how are you going to measure it? And when are we going to check in with each other? And so I'm asking that of my boss. It's the same thing. I want to make sure that there's a smooth trans transfer of ownership. So that was uh, delegate to yourself last. And uh, the, what's that, the ninth now, the eighth of our first Friday sessions. If you've not come across them yet, go to humanity.com and you can register for the first Friday of every month. That's noon Eastern until one. And it's just a Zoom session that we talk leadership and have some great conversation. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy.